0: James Harden successfully forced his way out of Houston. Scott, how's the Jimmy Butler PTSD?
1: We did fucking need him! We can't win without him!
0: Welcome to episode 147 of Cast, the show about a team that gives up more points in the paint than a game of NBA Jam. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. Another week of Timberwolves basketball that was not interrupted due to the coronavirus. Thank oh, you very much. Here we go. And lucky. Not, not in our clubhouse yet.
0: Nope. So. No postponements. Mm. You know, nothing like that happening right here in Minnesota. We're doing okay. So far, so good. But we do have, we do have uh, Wancho, who's in the, I forget they call it, the health and safety protocols. Like is what the, it's for the his own health is. and safety. Yes, he's
1: hiding from all the Timberwolves fans who are furious with it.
0: Stay away from the court, Mancho.
1: Even even some of the stuff that Ryan was saying to him, or D'Lo has said to him, has been pretty funny to see after the game <laughs> last night. We we're saying last night because we were recording on Thursday. Oh yeah, January fourteenth. Mm. Uh, you're you're going to be hearing this on Friday, or maybe sometime during the weekend, or in the distant future. I mean, You really get to listen to this on your own schedule. But uh, I bring up the date, Neil, because. Oh. Three years ago today, do you know what happened?
0: Uh, the 14th of January. 2018. 14th of January. How many years ago? Uh,
1: three years ago, 2018.
0: Three years ago, 20. Uh, uh, hmm.
1: I don't know. What is it? What is, what's the Let answer? me tell you what you and I were doing. Ugh. I came over to your house to pick oh you up because we were going to a Timberwolves game. Okay, yes. And right yes, before we yes. left, we saw the Minneapolis Miracle happen on TV where <laughs> Diggs caught that pass in the playoff game to beat the Saints. And I remember we were about to leave and you looked at me and you're like, did that just happen? Did that like really happen? Did we just witness like a thrill? It was like, it wasn't like we were paying attention to the game. Yeah. It wasn't like we were like, go, go, go. But it was just like. Whoa, did that actually just happen to Minnesota that we had this like crazy play to win the game in the playoffs to go to the next round? And I bring that up because then we went to the Target Center. Yes. To watch the 29 and 16. That was the record at the time. 29 and 16 Minnesota Timberwolves destroy the Portland Trailblazers at home that night. One twenty to one hundred and three. I remember it because fans all over the Target Center were doing skull chants. Yeah,
0: I do remember that. I remember the skulls. Yep, I everyone was, just was standing so psyched, up doing yeah. the skull in the middle of the game. I don't even think it was like, oh, something cool happened. No, and there was a timeout. It was just like in the middle of play.
1: Yeah, everyone was just buzzed still from the, the Minneapolis Miracle. So wow, that was a fun Tim roll The game. miracle happened three years ago. I think the craziest part of that story is the Tim Rolls were twenty nine and sixteen. Wow! Yeah, what a feeling. Went right? up to thirty and sixteen after the game. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Tom um, Thibodeau mm-hmm. in yeah. the house. What a, what a season. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, yeah, the BTS speaking of there, Tubbs, huh? right there. The good times
0: and the bad. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk Timberwolves here as we do every single week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We have uh, you know we're gonna get to week recap here. Wolves went one and three this week. Got back on uh, the winning side of things briefly. Uh then we're going to have full court press. We're going to talk about uh you know the, the team getting their uh two of their best players back, uh D'Angelo Russell talking to the media about uh about political issues and of course a little touch on the Harden trade and you know just uh, what we think of it and what it might mean for the
1: Wolves. Yeah, that's the you know kind of low key this Podcast for the past several years has been like, yeah, it was a crazy political week where there was a coup at the White House, a second impeachment, and the James Harden trade happened, everyone. Let's focus on the basketball.
0: Yeah. That's what
1: what we're here for.
0: We also have a sponsor, and uh, we are going to uh, dust off an old segment we haven't done in a very long time called Better Know, an Old School Wolf we're going to be talking about uh, Terrell Brandon uh, this week, talk about uh, you know his, his NBA career and uh, how important he was to the Timberwolves for a few years there. And I'm
1: glad the- we're doing this one because that's a name I see come up yeah. a lot, but I have no memories really of Terrell Brandon you <laughs> yeah. know, for the most part. So Yeah, yeah. So I, I was happy that we could dig
0: into late it. Late 90s, early 2000s guy. Had a couple uh, good years with us. Yeah, we got Weekly Wolfies in the game, as per usual. You know how it is here on Wolf's Cats. Appreciate y'all listening. Let's jump right in to the week recap, Scott. As I mentioned, one in three this week. The team is three and eight overall. Now, got started off uh, over, well, as we recorded this a week ago, uh, loss in Portland, 117 to 135.
1: And that really doesn't do justice to how blowout of a game this was. This was... <laughs> Uh, the, high, the the highlights of this game were Anthony Edwards' Garbage Time Adventures. Anthony Ooh. Edwards has his first 20-plus point scoring game of his career because he basically got to play the entire fourth quarter in garbage time and was not afraid to get the shots up during that period.
0: Yeah, Blazers were just, they just showed, you know, their offense is just, you know, it's been good for years and it's going to continue to be um, good again this year. And, you know, the Timberwolves' terrible defense could not keep up. The Wolves uh, gave up a uh, 75 points in the first half and uh, they give up 47 points in the second quarter which ties a franchise record for (laughs) points given up I believe uh, in a quarter or in the second quarter or something, but forty seven points in a quarter. Come on, that was ridiculous. Yeah,
1: this game was just it never felt close. It was just a rocket. Yeah, the Wolves are down thirty halfway through the third quarter. So
0: this was truly uh you know gar- like you said, a garbage time adventure for mm-hmm. for a lot of these guys. Jaden
1: McDaniel's making some garbage time moves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anthony Edwards as like you said he had a career high. He his career high in scoring. I don't know what that number is though. <laughs> but yeah, this was uh this was the last game that the Wolves would play. Uh, you know, with, with the with the with the dual injuries mm-hmm. there, as far as uh, Towns and Okogi go. So this was hopefully that is the last time we'll have both those guys out in the, in, in the end, same game.
1: End of a very short road trip to, too. Yeah. Oh know, yeah, have, had to get back home. Yeah, but uh, you know we had a. Double uh, header this weekend, Mm -hmm, Saturday mm -hmm. and Sunday, back-to-back against the same team in the same building. Super weird. Rare thing, but this is the kind of reality of the COVID situation. So uh, there's worse things, though, uh, especially—we were talking about how weird it must be to be like— be done with the Saturday game. Go back to the hotel. Be like, I'll be back in like nine hours to the you know facility or whatever.
0: Yeah, I've mentioned just leave your bags in the locker room. Right. Just like leave all your stuff. Everything's there. for Even for the opponent, too. Like the visitor gets to leave all their stuff. right? <laughs> just stay.
1: So, uh, yeah, two games against the Spurs. I guess we should talk about Saturday's game first. Carl Anthony Towns back. Oh, he's back. Very close game. We ended up losing in overtime, 122 to 125. Really good game. Really good game. Really I enjoyed mean, it, and you also you think like, man, if we could have gotten maybe five minutes out of Josh Akogi, we would have won this game because right, yeah. DeMar DeRozan went off, and we oh. had no answer. We had no answer. He he was literally just getting the ball every time and going to the rim, and we, there was nothing we could do.
0: Yeah, he he was cooking all night, you know, just getting his getting his, his patented sort of mid range. Game going mixed in with the driving, just some amazing drives there. Just so good at kind of bouncing off guys and still being able to get it up on the backboard and stuff. So, yeah, the Wolves, you know, even Jared Culver, you know, even without a Kogi, it's like, okay, who's next? Who's going to guard him? Nobody could. Nobody.
1: Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, our defense decides which shots it wants to give up to the other team. And we try to, you know, let take away the three point line, take away the paint if you can. You know, some nights we're not very good at. Taking right. away the paint, which we'll discuss, because mm-hmm. uh, this mm-hmm. week was bad for that, too. But we allow those mid-range shots, and that's where DeMar DeRozan feasts. That's, his, exp- that's his speciality. <laughs> so, um, you know, not exactly surprised to see someone who can just kill us from that range, you know, just go wild, because we don't guard that area very well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, overtime. Uh, first overtime game of the season, I think?
0: Yes, it was, yeah. And, you know, the Wolves, you know, it was really tight through, through the first half, and then um, you know, second half kind of got a little more choppy. There was more like big leads kind of coming and going and stuff, you know, Spurs got out to a bigger lead than the Wolves had a 10-0 run at the end of the third to get back in there. So it was really just a close game throughout. I mean, just just you know, really, really staying close to each other, and just a lot of big shots at the end of the game too. Beasley Edwards had those big threes, kind of at the very very end of the game. Oh and yeah, Edwards in there in crunch time. That was the other notable thing about Edwards in this game is they had him in there in the fourth. I think they had him in there in overtime as well. So you know he didn't have the greatest week, but this game was a little bit better for him. And you know Saunders rewarded him by putting him in there um, at the at the very very end. But really just just great to have Towns back, and just yeah. like this was the game where it was just like oh yeah, it's such a, you know, we've been talking about it for like two weeks now as he's been out of how bad they've been without him, but then you see him out there and when you, you see the spacing and you see the passing and you see just everything look that much better, it's like, yeah, okay, good. Like this is, <laughs> finally got this guy back and this is kind of the game that really showed that off.
1: Yeah, you know, we can, as we have talked about over the past few weeks, how we can criticize the construction of this team yeah. in that you take away one player, albeit your best player in the whole th- House of Cards falls apart, yeah. but and also you know, Kogi we lost as well, but um, it, it just goes to show that when Towns is in the picture, this team makes sense, again, and even if it didn't work out, even if we didn't beat yeah. the Spurs, who aren't a great team this season, but um, it still, it just makes sense when you're watching the
0: game. Oh, well, especially with Russell, right? Like, Russell looks awful when it's just him, but yeah. when you put him with Towns, the great pick-and-roll threat, it's like, oh yeah, this is why they got this specific guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we've seen this past week, he really changed his game to, he almost tripled his drives to the hoop per game so he's driving like crazy getting to the line more and that has been a positive because russell was good this past week i think
0: one last thing about saturday scott it's statement saturdays you see this they're doing the doing the green jerseys on saturdays that's promotion statement saturdays so i haven't seen those green jerseys that's the
1: first time this year i was like oh man (laughs) they're back and they're still here oh yeah they're not going anywhere
0: (laughs) all right uh so yeah, moving to Sunday, you speaking know, of
1: great jerseys, the Ooh. Spurs bust out the Fiesta jerseys oh. for this. So so happy to I can't see believe those. we beat them in those jerseys. You think they right? had like superpowers Well, all thankfully, way up. uh we you know, we didn't have Towns in this game. Thankfully, we did have Josh Okogie making his uh valiant return to the lineup and mm-hmm. also uh DeMar DeRozan sat this one. So yeah. that guy who killed us the night before was not playing and yeah. the result was a win for your Minnesota Timberwolves the third on the season, first without Towns in the lineup uh 96 to 88 low scoring affair
0: yeah that was shocking cuz yeah every every game you know before that was like in the hundreds in the 120s even stuff like that so it was really strange to have both teams kind of a more of an ugly game you know still close you know so that's like fun and exciting but at the same time just both teams missing a lot of shots lots yeah. of like it's cold streaks
1: cal johnson who i did not know was a player really until uh, this weekend for the spurs he had a really good game saturday but then was pretty bad on sunday that was Kind of a big swing for them, although yeah. uh, our off-brand player of the week on Sunday, Lonnie Walker, have yourself a game. He had a season-high 25 points, came close to his career-high of 28 points. Oh,
0: so close. We'll still give it to him anyway. He yeah. still gets the off-brand player award because season-high, even in the early part of the season, still pretty good.
1: Yep. And
0: he, he was, uh, as a second-year player, too, it's like he's kind of coming out of nowhere. He's
1: the only second-year?
0: Yes, I believe wow. so. Yep,
1: that's wild. Second or third, because uh, I saw Cal was a second-year player, mm. and I was like, "Who is this guy?" But Ezra likes him, so Ezra's my friend who is a San Antonio Spurs <laughs> fan. Yeah, but yeah, nice to get a win. Nice to you know beat the Spurs, even if they weren't at full strength, and you know get an eyeful of those Fiesta jerseys.
0: Yeah, totally great to see D'Lo pick and roll, kind of pick, picking up and stuff like that, and and you know we'll snap that seven-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally, get the win, but then Memphis. You know, the other night, uh, take the loss versus Memphis, uh, 107 to 118 on Wednesday night. uh,
1: Wolves. Jimmy Butler PTSD because Memphis beat us with the third Strainers. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, that's right. No Morant, no. no uh, Jerry, triple J.
1: Yeah, no triple J. No Justice Winslow. Yeah, Winslow.
0: Yeah, they're out. So yeah, you got some of the some of the second uh, line guys. You know, we didn't even started. see Gorgie, though. No
1: Gorgie. Yeah,
0: because they have uh, Brandon Clark back.
1: You yeah, know? so they just roll with him instead. Talk about a guy we previewed <laughs> the Wolves drafting and yeah. they traded up to get uh, Culver. But That's it's right. like man, he's been great. He yeah. looks great. Yeah, he was uh, great last year too.
0: So yeah, uh, Townsend um, Akogi back for this game. You know, full 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 team for the Wolves and. Hey, it was a good start for the team, really. Uh, a very fun three-quarters. Yeah, th- three-quarters of, of wonderful basketball, you know, lots of shots going down. You know, team, you know, the Wolves stug- struggled with turnovers throughout the game and, and stuff like that. But, you know, at least they were hitting their shots and getting to the hoop, and Russell was just great. But uh, that fourth quarter was just a mess, uh, 24-4 to Memphis run, and, uh, you know, they changed everything. They started trapping the pick-and-rolls. Um, which just like just put a wrench into the to the whole Wolves offense, which just changed the whole game for him. And that that run was what did him in.
1: This was a really interesting viewing experience for me, Neil, because <laughs> uh, you know, so I use the Fox Sports Go app uh, to watch these games. Same, and, same. Uh, for the most part, it works pretty well, but sometimes it has trouble if the game is live. Uh, it gives you the option when you tune in to watch live or right, restart. Restart. Yeah. And if the game is going on, the restart doesn't work very well. Sometimes it'll just <laughs> send you back like twenty minutes, and you can't. So you can't watch User the replay beware. Be until careful the game is there. over. You're much safer waiting until the game is over and then getting the replay. Uh-huh. Uh, so I made the mistake of being like, because sometimes it'll take you back to the beginning of the game. So I was like, okay, now I'm going <laughs> to d- dive into this game. And I saw it. Yeah. It showed me, because it didn't rewind all the way. It showed me the score in the fourth quarter with like three minutes left. It was Grizzlies 108, Wolves 100. Oh, and so I knew that that was knew the only score yeah. in my head. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, that seems uh, like I'm going to watch a pretty close game. Yeah, What an interesting viewing experience it was. <laughs>
0: How did we get to this?
1: Like ending the third quarter with like 90 points. And I was like, because I kept thinking like, maybe I saw the end of the third quarter score because there's, the Wolves have like 90 points at the end of three. Yeah. And, you know, the Grizzlies have like 80. Am I really going to watch the Grizzlies go up 108 to 100? So I knew that was coming. Oh, man. And then I had to watch the game with that information in my head. That's tough. Being like, oh, please let me have gotten that Ron. Please let me have gotten that Ron because for us to, you know, blow it in the fourth quarter like that, it's going to be painful. And it was. It was yeah. a, a very care- weird
0: way to watch the game. Be careful out there, folks. Learn all the ways to avoid spoilers. But yeah, don't don't select uh, start from beginning <laughs> during the game.
1: So yeah, this was a demoralizing loss uh, because once again, uh, the Grizzlies were with, uh, without almost all their best players. We had basically all of our guys here yeah. and we were so dominant in the first, you know, three quarters that, yeah. I, to. Just kind of blow it in the fourth is pretty sad. What was it, twenty four to four? Four,
0: yeah. The wolves are up ten going into the
1: fourth. So that's that's bad, but it's not quite as bad. Everyone against. The, remember that game we played against the Sacramento Canes where. We were late, leading by seventeen points with two minutes and forty nine seconds left in the game. Oh, it was
0: like that was last year. Or was I think like, it was
1: last year. Yeah, <laughs> the Kings won that game one thirty three one twenty nine. It was like yeah. the only time in NBA history that's ever happened. That it's kind been of worst
0: losses in other seasons, but worst blown uh, leads. This is the worst one of this season, I think.
1: So I'm just saying, Tim Rules fans, we've been hardened you know, already. You yeah. know, this shouldn't have broken you.
0: Yeah, but it was a tough one. You know, really bad performances from the power forwards, and you know, I'll really just want you. you know, Vanderbilt was okay in the man two actually out there, but he got in foul trouble, so he couldn't play a lot and stuff. So. Good
1: teams just don't blow games like this, and so that's why it's yeah. discouraging. It's like, man. And we even held Dylan Brooks in check
0: <laughs> Exactly He's
1: torching the Wolves all the time
0: But yeah, Wolves, uh, that's the first half of a back-to-back uh, against this team You yep. know, as well not, not a true back-to-back, but a true doubleheader, I guess right. Where they will play on Friday night in Memphis Ja Morant, um, questionable He might play We'll see uh, yeah. take,
1: it, take it easy, Ja, don't rush back too fast Yeah,
0: it's okay Make sure it's, you're 100% healthy Yeah, yeah. We, maybe maybe later in the weekend we can get you in, yeah. in for that one exactly all right, let's get to full court press. Talk about uh, Josh and uh, Towns a little bit.
1: They're back. Let's get to full court press. Here's the tip. Our team is healthy again, like we've talked about a little bit. We got Cat back. We got Josh back. And for the most part, it looks like they've picked up where they've left off. I mean, I just wanted to say, like, how great Josh Okogie's become. You know, Ooh. like... They talk talk yep. about a guy who's improved year after year, but every like even last year, I would say like he's good for being on the Timberwolves. Like I want, I don't think he would be like a coveted asset by NBA teams around the league. But this year, yep. he is a guy. Like he is hands down the best defender. Like, honestly, like it used to be like, yeah, he's the best defender on the Timberwolves. But now I think he's like probably a top 15 guy in the league, maybe. We'll see how how the season goes for him. But he's showing that he can be that guy. And he just seems like a completely different player in some ways. And I just think that, you know, like maybe it's, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We missed you when you were gone, Josh, obviously. But just like the difference he's making, I just realized like, wow, we've, we've been kind of sleeping on how good of an NBA player Josh has become.
0: Yeah, I think the rest of the league sleeping even more. Wait till wait till the team actually uh, if they get good, then other people will be seeing it too. It's great to have him back.
1: Cat looked a little rusty in his first game back, just in terms of he was fatigued, fell over a couple times, and I just feel like. Ryan had to kind of watch his minutes a little bit, but uh, he was
0: so clearly playing with one hand too. Yeah, like he was like going out of his way to like use his right hand where he could have used his left in some defensive rebounding situations and stuff. It was kind of strange to see, but he was effective still. So yeah,
1: it's it's weird because I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge fouled him hard. Oh, on on, the arm. On the arm, on the wrist. Real scary. And he looked so bad that I was like, this isn't worth it. This is dumb, yeah. I know Like, this is the only thing making Timberwolves games watchable (laughs) right now because we just saw that Portland game. Right. But it's just like this, you know, it's one of those things we talked about with Kevin Love, knuckle push-ups, broken hand, came back too soon, re-injured himself, had to miss the rest of the season. Where I'm like don't let this happen to you, Cat. Like, you're too important. I, I love that you want to come back. And like, really, him even being 80%, 70% out there, it just changes the whole game because of the gravity he has on offense that he changes the floor spacing and it makes it easier for D'Angelo Russell to drive more times per game. And it makes everyone else's games easier when he's out there, even if he's not at full health. But I don't know. I, I'm sure the health team told him, you you can't injure it worse. Much worse. It's probably just pain that you have to play through, you know? Yeah, yeah. How much it's, pain can you tolerate? It's
0: still so scary, though. I think, I don't know, I guess any fans would kind of be nervous about a situation like this. But again, yeah, like you mentioned, the knuckle push-ups and just, like, all the weird little injuries, especially because Towns has, you know, been been banged up, you know, in the last year or so, a little bit more. Right.
1: We're like, oh, man, can't we just get all the way healthy but you can have a loss season, which last season was, because we didn't have Cat yeah, healthy. Yeah, having back to back loss seasons is really tough. Totally. And so like, and that's what it is. If Towns is injured and out for the rest of the season, this is a loss season.
0: Well, and he said after the game, it was kind of like his decision. You know, he was like, I don't like it. hearing that. Don't let him decide. I'm going to play. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it was like it's that. Not putting that too. it in his hands. Yeah, we kind of predicted that. You know, the team would like slow play it and be conservative. But apparently, it's just like up to the guy to like say if it's time or not. But, and to your point, also maybe it was that sort of situation. Where it was like, there's no way it's going to get worse. You know, it's really just a pain thing. And if you can play, then go for
1: it. The optimistic person would say the team okayed it, but was like, Towns, you want to be like, act like the tough guy, the guy who said, like, this is on me? You do that. You say that. You go go ahead. You know? So, yeah. hopefully, that's the case. But. but, yeah,
0: as we mentioned, you know, the spacing, you know, the, uh, you know, just the offense just runs so much better, especially, you know, Russell and, and all the other guys are just a little bit better when they have towns to pass it to and to play off of and stuff like that. But I think the most shocking thing has just been his defensive, um, you know, uh,
1: just how capable he's been on that. So end good. Of the floor. Some of the best defensive games we've seen out of him in yeah. years. Yeah.
0: And it's not even, you know, it's not even like he's doing a lot. Um, it's really just, it's really just what we've kind of wanted to see. From him in, in, in many years is just like just stay solid
1: and just stay Down and just don't rack up fouls and- Doing a lot is what has gotten him in trouble Exactly, in exactly. Trying, to, trying to block every shot Even yeah. when he's not the help defender when it's just his guy It's like just you know keep just, your arms up stop huge. him yeah. you're already huge just let someone else up. come over and try and get that block yeah, that's you know? all
0: we've really wanted to see and just like get the rebound and just like be solid and so yeah especially
1: it, on Saturday like LaMarcus Aldridge is a guy who yeah. throughout his career has eaten in Carl's lunch yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, speaking uh, huge yeah exactly and Towns has always struggled against him and he, and Towns had some great defense yeah. on LMA so that was really encouraging to see
0: yeah so that's great and that's hopefully that continues on because you know team's 3-8 and eight right now and th- things in their last place in the West and doesn't look good, but you know, if Towns is really going to be this guy, you know, and, um, you know, I think that's really just going to change the fortune so much of this team to, you know, be a little bit better than, than we thought they could be potentially even. Because I think a lot of the pessimism around the Wolves this year is like, oh, they're going to be a easily a, like a bottom five defense. And But if Towns is going to play like this, like center is the most important, um, you know, uh, position on the floor defensively. Yeah. And if he's going to be league average, well, then maybe the team's defense can trend that way too. So, you know, obviously a lot has to happen before the wolves are that good but it the, the the small amounts that we've seen from him on that end of the floor are encouraging
1: well especially with the memphis game the first three quarters with Jo and cat back yeah the whole team defense was playing better like totally. you could tell the whole team was bought in on the concepts in a way that i haven't seen the buy-in for years and years probably since jimmy butler season i haven't seen this buy-in on defense and so it's nice that You know they've always talked the talk. Every year, cats like I know it's defense, you know, but they they have never walked the walk. But the way they played against Memphis, and I know that's the second strainers and the third strainers because all their guys are out. But the way that they were just committed to doing the thing on defense, and I was very impressed by that. That was probably my favorite part of the whole week, actually. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, But yeah, that's it's great to have both those guys back. They both uh, provide so many so many things and just really it's just great to have everybody kind of back in their roles you know everybody can just yep. get back to what they thought they were going to have to do this year and we actually see this team for what it is for for better or for worse we can actually get real data and real numbers and real sample sizes on having this full team so that is what i'm most excited about here anything else on the on the you know guys coming back and stuff like that scott
1: oh no, it's just like you just said that it pushes everyone back into their own role yeah. i mean uh, especially having Ricky be able to come off the bench and have Culver on the bench unit with him, with Anthony Edwards and Nas instead, of these guys being dragged in and out of the starting lineup is good because uh, Ricky's been real bad. That's a yeah, that's a thing we were debating talking about. We're not going to really get into it this episode, uh, but it's been, watch. it's been very noticeable that he has. And this is you know, this is coming from me. We, this is the biggest Ricky defenders you know ever. We were so psyched when uh, when he got he came back. I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like. But I have to, you know, just, you know, eat crow and say I was wrong so far because Ricky has been awful, like really awful, making dumb turnovers that rookie point guards would make almost and just has seemingly been lost, not taking shots, not looking for shots, kind of the worst of the Ricky Rubio experience. So that's been pretty He's heating up.
0: All right, heating up, D'Angelo Russell. Heating up, uh, heating up his shots right now. You know, more more going in the going in the basket. We got him uh, going to the hoop. We got free throws. D'Angelo Russell looking more like uh, the guy the Wolves traded for. But on Sunday after uh, after the big win uh, against the Spurs, D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, did some off the court type stuff here to get some headlines uh, in his uh, post game media availability over Zoom. He, uh, you know, turned the tables a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think he, he was asked about uh, kind of what's going on in the world politically and about the uh, events at the Capitol last week and how he was feeling about those things. And instead of answering, he, uh, he spun it around. And uh, there's five, five gentlemen uh, on, the, on the call as well. You know, we had Chris Hine, we had John Krasinski, uh, Jace Frederick. Britt Robson and Dane Moore and and uh, you know he was just like let's hear what you guys have to say before he answered and so he just went one by one I mean the clip made the rounds and kind of really got picked up a lot by national guys and stuff like that and, and everybody answered and then he did and he just sat there and listened and had a little conversation about, you know, not really a conversation, just kind of, you know, listening to each media member. And he's like, all it's right, hilarious that Britt was one of the guys. I yeah. mean, we yeah, love yeah, Brit here. Yeah, we, yeah. we
1: say it every episode, but like his old podcast, Britt Brower, <laughs> I miss that because the last 20 minutes would be extremely lefty talk. You know, right. like I love that guy's politics and I loved listening to that. So it's funny. He's in it on the uh, road. It's
0: funny too. One of their notable things is to it again today and it was like, D'Angelo says, all right, wh- wh- what do you think Britt Cause he was just like looking at the list of the like zoom names or whatever and and he called him the OG. So I don't know. Like Russell already kind of you know he, he was here a little bit last season too, so he maybe remembers him from that. But I think yeah. it's, maybe just he's a, he's an older guy. Yeah. But Britt has literally been around the wolves for all this time too. So it's like yeah, you have it right. He is the OG out here. So it's cool that Russell already kind of knows who he is. No. You know, knows who knows who Britt is. But yes, yeah, guy. I don't know. What, what did you think about James um, or Russell kind of doing this and and what he had to say about this topic?
1: Um. Well, I, I first have two things to say about it. First is very savvy by D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, it's it's really tough, especially in work settings. You know, it's easy to assume that like like, we, we hate Trump. You know, we're not, we're not shy about it. He's the yep. worst. And I think, you know, regardless of how you feel, like, I'm pretty comfortable saying that. But, like, if I were in the office setting, you know, with coworkers where I don't know where they're at on the political really? spectrum, even though I feel like it's almost safe to assume that m- sure. more people dislike him than ever because he's a very polarizing president, uh, it's one of those things where it's like you never want to take a hard stance in, in the workplace setting if you don't know what the temperature of the room is like. You yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you dance around it, you feel out the temperature of the room and then you kind of can say like how extreme you want to be with what you're, you, you want to express you yeah, know and yeah. so I think taking the temperature of the room very smart very savvy thing to do I think we've all probably had to do that in some settings whether it's with family or at work where it's like I don't know how all in to be on this so let me take the temperature I think very savvy move
0: I think that's the kind of he was doing there by putting it out there to ask yeah I think I think that's yeah. just
1: a really I mean especially like these guys especially <laughs> Few people know about what the press can do to you more than D'Angelo Russell, who got savaged from the yeah. whole Icky Azalea and uh, Nick Young thing, yeah, yeah. basically got run out of town you know, because of it. So I think he's very cognizant about being guarded and not showing too much of yourself. And yeah. this is a great way to do that. Be like, let's hear what opinions they have, and then I can kind of bounce that back at them or reflect that energy or something like that. Yeah. So I think it was a very savvy move, uh, a very... Uh, you know, it shows that D'Lo knows what he's doing with the media.
0: Well, and even, you know, not even another thing, but, you know, kind of bouncing off that, you know, it's, you know, I think it's something that it's sort of a using your platform kind of moment for him where, you know, he, I think, I don't know if he knew it would get picked up bigger, you know, after the fact. But the fact that he did this really did make headlines again around the whole NBA, not just locally and kind of, you know. Uh, you know, kind of showed that this, he's someone who's thinking about this, and he wanted to get it out there a little bit more and have it be a larger conversation. So I think it's kind of cool too. You know, I'm not trying to be too cynical about it. You know, it's just like he, you know, apparently this is something he's thinking about; is on his mind. Lots of NBA guys kind of talking about more stuff like this now. I mean, obviously with Kyrie on the on the far end of the spectrum and everything, which is, you know, its own thing. But you know, I think a lot of these guys, this stuff really matters to them. Yeah,
1: Kyrie's kind of off the spectrum, but like <laughs> yeah. it's a league where Pop and Kerr and other league leaders are not Speaking shy out. LeBron not shy about expressing just utter disdain for the president
0: yeah so. and you've had you know you've seen Okogie and a couple of guys this summer getting in on the you know protest efforts and the George, George Floyd memorial area yeah, stuff I saw Russell and, out at a few protests yeah as well, yeah. So, yeah so it's just good to, I like that these guys are involved in this kind of way and we talked about it last week with the WNBA and what they you know have been doing in the summer as well and the NBA guys are right there too and it's just kind of cool to so, sort of see specifically kind of which one of those which one of them would have been
1: interesting if like Sid Hartman <laughs> you know, I, was yeah. <laughs> I think he's doing a great job. <laughs>
0: Rest in peace. Sid. I,
1: I wish he, he, you know, he's being cheated out of a second term. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but that's my other thing. I'm not cynical about Russell. I'm cynical about the media in this case. You want to know mm. why the story blew up? It's because the media got to talk about themselves. They're like, "Look at this. This player asked us for our opinions. We're so wise, and he recognized that, and he wanted yeah. to hear what we had to say." And like, whenever a player like treats the media good, the media, if the media is a part of the story the media have a way of playing up that story it's just kind of my cynical take on it that works I went to journalism school I've worked in media I know what it's like and it's like this part of the reason why this story got picked up by so many people is because media members were like oh isn't that nice And he wanted to know how we felt he thought about us and so like it's kind of a patting yourself on the back you know media being like oh aren't aren't we so great let's make this story bigger than it needs to be
0: and while the, the media's quotes weren't in the pieces necessarily yeah they still get to be part of it and again this video that gets passed around they're all there all five of them are in on it so I think you're right I mean it's not too you know out there to say that but I think the other thing that's important about this too is that it's also just like something different happened at a post-game press conference yeah. you know what I mean again having been through that so many times the links it, it is interesting when like a different element happens and this is so weird to have like literally turn the table not literally turn the tables but you know ask ask the reporters the questions I think it's just notable that like a different type of thing happened in this like very typically buttoned up this only happens one way. You asked me the question and I answer it like something different happened here. And I think that's also just like notable and why it got big.
1: Well, something that's less cynical, but still st- cynical about how the media works is that also it's got picked up a lot because it's like, What's a big, relevant story right now? Yeah. Oh, the Capitol. Uh, we are NBA people, so it'd be weird for us to create content about that. Oh, wait, here is a player who's talking about it. This He's is a way for asked. us to get that SEO crossover, that, uh-huh. you know, us being relevant to the stories that are going on in the world. So that also played into it, too, you know?
0: Yep, yep, that's all in there. And, yeah, this just thought it was, it was notable. And, you know, I don't think anything huge comes out of this, but I think it tells us a little bit more about Russell and kind of the things he thinks about, so.
1: Yeah, like I said, very smart, to, uh, you know. I always we were just talking about Dame Lillard uh, gets -hmm. an award almost every year for being like the player who's best with the media. And it's very smart to be nice to the media because then they will be nice to you, (laughs) you know, and that's a good way to improve your standing, you know, totally just, uh, you know, culturally around the league is to have a good media reputation. He's on
0: fire. All right. One more thing here quickly. We wanted to touch on the big blockbuster trade. It's been brewing for weeks. It's been brewing for since the season started and uh, James Harden has forced his way out of Houston. He is now headed to Brooklyn. Big, big trade. And um, I guess we can just talk briefly about what we think of it and then what it means for the Timberwolves. A lot of people want the Wolves to get in on this because they think it means Houston's going to tear it all down. I hope they do. And maybe they can uh, get in on a uh, power forward who can shoot the ball from the corner three. Ooh might be nice. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, Scott. What, what do you think in general about the hardened trade, any part of it? But it's probably specifically the hardened to uh, hard to Brooklyn. What are you thinking? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah. Um- all my thoughts are Rolls related out of this. I don't have like a larger takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Like my larger takeaway is everyone should listen to a great podcast on the Canis is Podcast Network by Dane Moore. Him and Britt talked about it. I thought Britt nice. had a really good take on this week's episode about just like these three personalities can't possibly work together. It's going to be a mess. Woo. It's going to be a mess. It'll, it'll be a miracle if those three can make it work with their egos. Um, so I think it, it's got a potential to be a disaster. But my biggest takeaway is another all-star leaves the West. Yeah, We're seeing a migration to the Eastern Conference. Even out. Thank Even God. Out. Because for years and years, it was like, good luck making an all-star team, Carl Anthony Towns. Good luck making, you know, because the West is so competitive, especially at the guard position. Guards, it was yeah. just like, yeah. we can't do anything. But now Russell Westbrook is in the East. James Harden has gone East. Kevin Durant is in the East. Let's get all these guys out of yeah. the West, please, and thank you. So the fact that not only does James leave, mm-hmm. go East, uh, you know, improves our odds for, like, you know, if D'Angelo Russell ever wanted to make an all star game with the Wolves, you know, this is good news for him. But also, yep. it Im- improves the Wolves just in the sense that you know who knows i mean houston they have john wall boogie christian wood now oladipo they've got some good names on paper but whether this team blows it up all the way is going to be interesting because that would take a competitor out of the western conference we've always talked about how tough and competitive the western conference is just all the teams are so good to have one that maybe maybe this year doesn't happen i guess that's wouldn't be the worst thing for the wolves if they didn't collapse this year because the wolves window competitive window isn't really this year sure but just to have it be like houston's in rebuilding mode now you know they're Doing some salvage projects on guys like John Wall and Bogey Cousins, they've got all these draft picks now. Yeah. And it's clear to see that the Houston Rockets will not be a elite team like they were for the next couple seasons at the very least. So I think that's really good news for Wolves fans to be like, that's one team that was you penciled into the playoffs every single year. Yeah, you, you didn't even have to pencil; it. you could put it in pen. With James Harden on that team, they were in the playoffs every single year. Yeah. And so I'm just relieved that one of the powerhouse teams looks like they are heading into the rebuilding cycle.
0: Yeah, they probably will still be, you know, a playoff team this year, he would think with all those pieces, but I think I don't will- know. I think, I would, yeah, yeah. I would bet on not. I, yeah, I think they'll hang in there. I mean, I've loved how Wall looks right now, but he's still an injury risk, and you never know with some of these guys. And Oladipo, too, that could very easily fall off. But for now, i put him there. But I think, you know, next year and the year after that is for sure you, you can maybe put him under that playoff line, and maybe that's where the Wolves can move up. Especially
1: um, if Oladipo leaves in the a free offseason. Agent, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. Boogie, so, I think, is on a one-year deal. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. This year still could potentially be good, but after this year is definitely when uh, when uh, they could be bad. But as far as Harden goes, you know, I really don't like the trade for, for Brooklyn, you know, I I just think they looked really good as it was. KD looks like he could be the MVP of the league. And, uh, you know, it's not so much about bringing in Harden as it is like they just had these role players I think fit really well. Around KD now, the, obviously the wild card is Kyrie. What is he doing right now? We don't know. He's he's uh, he's off missing. He, he's out. He's missing in action right now. And you know, I think he might have some good reasons for that. I don't want to judge him for for some of the things he might be going through right now and mental health and stuff like that. But it's a wild card for sure. And so maybe this is insurance. On the whole, Kyrie situation, either for this year or for future seasons. So maybe it'll all kind of, you know, come out in the wash. But ultimately, I think this lowers their, in a weird way, lowers their ceiling just because of all the mouths to feed and just the weird hardened personality. And it's you know, more I volatile. Don't like it. I don't think it yeah. lowers
1: their ceiling, but yeah. it makes it the chance of them hitting their ceiling slimmer. You I know? just think
0: they 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 had a chance to be a top ten defense before this, but now after trading Jared Allen. It's like they're going to be a bottom half of the league defense now. and will have to see
1: what happens. It's one of those interesting teams that decided to get rid of their size. I mean, it's not like a Timberwolves thing so because quickly. Kevin Durant seven feet, DeAndre yeah. Jordan 6'11". But that's about it for their big guys. They traded yeah. to Allen and like – Krutch or yeah, whatever is it? Yeah. yeah, he was the, one of the top 5 biggest guys on yeah, their team so their backup
0: center is Jeff Green now. And so, so I yeah.
1: wonder, you know, what's that going to be in the playoffs how who's going to handle Bam, you yeah. know, in the playoffs is it going to be KD guarding him? Who's going to handle Embiid? I kind of feel like KD versus Embiid might be a good thing because Embiid can't guard KD. Maybe Ben Simmons does, but then you don't have Ben Simmons guarding Harden or Kyrie. Yeah, you know? So yeah. I think it, it, it's interesting to me that they've chosen to sacrifice the size in that sense. And the and defense, yeah. I also wonder, I was just kind of casually wondering if this would happen if Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't missing the sure. season. Yeah, you that's know, interesting. Maybe they roll with the homegrown talent and depth with Dinwiddie, but now that he's gone, they have only two guaranteed seasons. You know, yeah. And so you have to try and maximize that window because you don't know if you're you're going to have any of these guys after two seasons. So you really have to slam that championship window as much yeah. as you can. So they mortgage the future. I'm okay with that though. I always thought it was interesting once again referencing the day. I should stop listening to the Dave Moore pod before I come over <laughs> here because then I just talk about what they're talking about. Yeah, it's but too, it's too good of a surprisingly, Britt said like, would you give up? Like, would you be bad for six years if it means you have a title? And uh, in my head, I'm like, yeah, easily. Yeah, that's We've been bad equation. for 15 years yeah, and we only have a playoff. That's game why Brooklyn traded all those picks because if it makes one title, it's worth it. Brit said he wouldn't, and yeah. I was like, "No, if you can get a title, I would. I would sacrifice twenty years of relevance. Different for, for every fan base. Yeah, it's yeah. true. But yeah. I'm just saying that like a title fixes everything. Yeah, and you got to go for it because if you lose Katie and Kyrie in two years, and it was just like uh, we just didn't have you know this this what we needed to push us over the top. Plus, you know what's going to happen is yeah, the depth looks bad now, but they're going to be a top three team for ring chasers in the buyout market. They'll be able to fill out the depth that they need for some of those you know pieces. Totally. And so, then PJ Tucker to the Wolves is. It gonna happen what do you think well that's just it with the rockets are, are they gonna blow it up you know what's gonna happen he, he was like unha-
0: unhappy but i don't know how much of that was related to harden i don't know if it was contract stuff or like like he's he's been unhappy with the organization so that sort of makes me think well they everyone's unhappy
1: moving. with the organization uh, besides maybe christian wood who's got signed but like yeah. basically the new owner chafed everybody you know yeah. dan tony and daryl morey both quit
0: yeah i just don't know where the source of his specific beef is but yeah, yeah it seems like they'll move him but I, I just don't think the wolves will have the ammo to get him it seems like all these other like Actual contending teams will want to get him first, and yeah. maybe they maybe the Wolves will have more to give away. But in, I guess in a trade, it's not really PJ's choice who he goes to. But I think there's gonna be a crowded market for him for his trade in, in the trade, and Wolves will have to give up a lot to get him potentially. So yeah. who knows? So
1: who knows? It'd be nice to have, but it also I guess kind of depends on who he'd have to give up. Like you said, he yeah. might be you know more expensive than you would think yeah. so depends on what the Houston Rockets do it's worth monitoring I've heard Oladipo might even want to trade again this season to get out of there wow. so yeah. if that's the case maybe they do blow it up I'm hoping they do but uh we'll have to wait and keep see an eye on it if yeah. we can get a trade out of that because yeah definitely all the Wolves fans looking for PJ Tucker <laughs> looking for PJ Tucker this is interesting for a blueprint of what it takes to get a major star or what you yeah. get when you leave a major star yeah. you could say this is what the Wolves will be getting if we have to trade towns you know this and uh, the league can change a lot in two years. We don't. The earliest talents could really, I think, force his way out is probably like two years, and so it could be that. Th- people, because of these trades, have realized they're not worth it. And so maybe, you know, the, well, the value. Up, yeah. yeah, exactly. But as of right now, we've seen the blueprint to get a superstar is to give away five picks, you know, and pick swaps. That's Whew. Paul George, yeah. uh, Chris Paul trade, Yeah, uh, AD, yeah. The even the uh, Milwaukee trade for yeah. Drew Holiday. Yeah, yeah. The, the recipe is you have to give up all of these picks. And so if the Wolves trade Cat, you can expect them to get that kind of package. And if we are of the mindset, as some fans are, that we could trade for Ben Simmons or Devin or someday, this is what you could expect to have to give up It's probably like a Joshua Kogi, Jarrett Culver, four first round draft picks, three first round draft swaps, you know, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah. So I just think it informs, you know, because Timberwolves fans are always thinking about trades yep. who can blame us with Gupta in our front office <laughs> invented the trade machine. We got the pieces. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it just I think it also informs, uh, you know, what the, the prices for a deal of this caliber.
0: Totally. All right, let's get to our sponsor here and keep this show going. All right, this week's sponsor is uh, PSA from the NBA on their updated COVID protocols. With multiple games being postponed this week due to an uptick of coronavirus cases around the league, the NBA has updated its guidelines for players as it navigates this worldwide pandemic. The following new protocols have now been ratified by the Board of Governors.
1: Pre-game walk-in photo shoots are now the responsibility of each player. Put those long arms to use and snap a selfie of today's
0: game day fit. Complicated handshakes between teammates during the starting lineups
1: must be replaced with eye contact and head nods. Opening tip-offs will be replaced with a vertical leap contest between each team's best jumper. The game's opening possession will be awarded to the player who catches the most air during the pre-game layup line.
0: Flopping is now permitted in order to encourage creating space away from your opponent.
1: Three seconds in the paint will be reduced to two seconds in the paint in an effort to cut down on the crowded areas of the floor. Complaining to the referees will now be limited to a suggestion box located at the scores table. Dribble handoffs, screens, and double teams are deemed unnecessary contact and are now illegal. Every player will
0: now have their own locker room. And will participate in pre-game, halftime, and post-game
1: team meetings separately via Zoom. Microphones used by players in the post-game must immediately be destroyed after a single use. Traveling parties will be spaced
0: out across multiple airplanes, with capacity on team charter flights reduced to five. Thank you to the NBA and their updated COVID protocols for their support of Wolf's Cast. Up next, better know an old school wolf. that time we're bringing back an oldie but a goodie Uh, it's a segment we used to do where we would talk about old timberwolves and uh, really dive in a little bit deeper on uh, maybe some of their backstory or other parts of their career. Just to,
1: There weren't podcasts yeah, back then. That's right. And so, as a podcast listener, you know you gain a lot of information from listening to podcasts. So you may not have gotten a lot of information about these guys because they existed in the pre-podcast era of the NBA.
0: Ooh. Uh-huh. It's a scary time. But, uh, yeah, usually we would just, like, write this whole thing out and kind of just read a little, you know, a little history lesson here. But... This time around, we're going to do a little bit differently. Scott and I are just going kind to of, kind of riff. We just did a little bit of research separately here, put some stuff into our notes document, and, uh, you know, just want to talk about uh, one Terrell Brandon of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Full uh, name
1: Thomas Terrell Brandon. Oh, That's right. I didn't see that. I have pointed out in the pod, I'm into middle names for NBA <laughs> players, and this is one where he <laughs> used his middle name for his, for his name. Terrell Brandon is actually Thomas Terrell Brandon.
0: Nice, yeah. So Terrell Brandon, you know, he was uh, – he was a player in the league uh, for uh, 1991 to 2002, but uh, before that, he grew up in the Portland area. In the Portland area, uh, he went to University of Oregon as well. So he is in the University of Oregon Hall of Fame. Only played there for two years, but that was enough. Oh, he's, he's around the he's record a, books. He's though. a hall of famer. Oh, <laughs> in, in, the, in
1: Oregon in the, in the UO uh, record books. That's right. Okay, a former former. This is from the Hall of Fame page former Oregon High School Player of the Year, Terrell Brandon. So High School Player of the Year in Oregon, you know. We got some guys from, from Oregon that we talk about on the show. TB made the most of his two years with the Ducks. In his first year at Oregon, he led the team to the postseason National Invitational Tournament, the NIT. That's not very impressive. That's what Northwestern gets into every year. Mm-hmm. He went on to break several school records, including the UO career and single season scoring average, assists huh? in a single game, and all these other things. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. He also is, it's funny because I was looking at the record books. He's tied for first for points in a season with 745 points. Wow. Luke Ridenauer, our friend, is fifth on that list with 649 points. Nice. And Timberwolves killer Dylan Brooks is eighth on that oh, list. Oh,
0: I didn't know he was from Oregon.
1: Yeah. And also uh, Timberwolves fan Jordan Bell as well. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty interesting. There's uh, a lot of like, he's up there with Ridenour on the all-time assists list, all-time steals. Like he is all over that Oregon record book.
0: Yeah, it's something I didn't really realize during you know his time with the Wolves how small he was. He's five ten. Like any player, I mean, that's I think that's uh, how tall Compazzo is. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, Facundo Compazzo, mm-hmm. a rookie from the Nuggets. There, he's like five ten. It's like I don't know these days when you're five ten, like it's a big deal. And I just feel like at the time. Uh, In the NBA, it just wasn't really a thing I really knew that much about. It's not like, oh, here's this Muggsy Bogues guy out here. It's like, no, it's just like he's your point guard, whatever, no big deal. (laughs) So, yeah, he he was small. But, yeah, I think he was kind of a just really good all-around player. You know, I I did get the sense that, you know, I saw some old scouting reports saying he's mostly a defender and a passer. Those are kind of two of his best things. But looking at some of his highlights as well on YouTube, he can just pull up and shoot it too. So I think he had a pretty good all-around game, and that's kind of what got him to where he was.
1: Very successful NBA career. He was an All Star twice, mm-hmm. uh, both times with Cleveland. And he made, uh, let's see here, that is just a hair under sixty million dollars in career earnings. Ooh. Not bad. It adjusted Not bad for inflation for the nineties, yeah, that's about eighty nine million dollars in today's money. So. Okay, doing well for himself.
0: Nice. Yeah, he played 91-2002. Um, he played for three teams. His main chunk of his career was, like you said, with Cleveland. He played 457 games with them and was traded to Milwaukee and uh, played 65 games uh, with them, just like a half season there, and then uh, was traded again to Minnesota to finish out his career where he played the last four seasons in 202 uh, games with Minnesota
1: yeah he was drafted by Cleveland at the 11th overall spot in 1991 he's a backup for Mark Price have you ever heard of him oh yes a lot of actually fun uh, NBA names nice on that team he yeah. was talking about how how good of a teammate Larry Nance the father was <laughs> because uh, he would go fishing with him and stuff and he talked about hanging out with Larry Nance Jr. as a kid you know he was like he was a kid and I would go over to Larry Nance's house all the time and he said the kids were young at that time so Larry Nance Jr. got that connection with TB as well
0: Nice. Yeah. I saw an interview with him and and said uh, someone asked him if if Kevin Garnett was the best player he ever played with. And he said, yeah, but he said second would be Larry Nance.
1: Wow. High praise. (laughs) Yeah. I saw an interview where he said that one of his best memories was when the Cavaliers retired Larry Nance's jersey number.
0: So one of the biggest things that happened to Terrell Brandon is in 1997 uh, there was a Sports Illustrated cover story uh, titled "The Best Point Guard in the NBA" and it was him, Terrell Brandon. His on the cover. On the cover. I. The tagline was "The Best Pure Point Guard in the NBA and Its Best Kept Secret." Um, so yeah, I thought that that was that's kind of big, right? And there's lots of stories about that and how like guys kind of went at him after that year and stuff like that because they're like, "Oh, you're the best, huh?" Like this is in the league with like <laughs> Allen Iverson and Jason. King and stuff in it, but instead Terrell Brandon is the best point guard in the league.
1: That's right. And that, maybe that's why we traded uh, you know, one of our <laughs> point guards uh, to get him, but yeah. I thought a fun thing was, so Mark Price was the starter in Cleveland, and they traded him so that they could make eventually uh, TB the starting point guard in Cleveland. And of course, oh, yeah. he had his two all-star seasons then, but I read an interview with him when they asked him like when he knew that he was like the guy You know, now that Mark Price was gone, and he had a very funny answer. He said, we got on the bus for the preseason game, and I always sat in the middle of the bus. And as I'm walking on the bus, Tyrone Hill says, TB, come here. And I come back, and he says, sit right here. It was the last seat in the bus. And that's when it hit me that I have to take my game to another level right now. I just love that's a very high school thing. It's like, yeah. I know I made it because I was cool enough to sit in the back of the bus with the seniors. You the, know, The bus hierarchy is it, real. It's real. Even in the NBA, bus hierarchy does not go away. So the
0: Wolves uh, acquired Trail Brandon um, at the 1999 trade deadline. Three-team deal. Um, so this was the Marbury deal. This is Marbury. was was frustrated and wanted to get out of there and uh, wanted to change the scenery. So the Wolves traded Marbury to New Jersey, and uh, New Jersey traded Sam Cassell to Milwaukee. and then Two S's, Mi- is two L's. And then Milwaukee sent um, Terrell Brandon, um, two R's, two L's, It's to, crazy because uh,
1: if you asked me before today, I'd be like, man, Marbury and Cassell, those are big-name point guards. And yet Terrell Brandon was also the third point guard. The... According to SI, best point guard in the league who was in that trade.
0: Yeah, it's funny how Cassell was in Milwaukee, and he would later come to the Wolves. Uh, But yeah, 197 of his uh, 202 games with the Wolves. He started, so he was just, you know, he came in here to start. Um, you know played 12 playoff games for Minnesota in 99 2000 2001 all those series the wolves obviously lost uh the first uh all of them in 3-1 fashion gentleman sweep style uh in all these uh all these series uh to San Antonio, Portland and San Antonio Respectively, and in one of those playoff series, he average in two thousand he averaged more points than KG did. Wow.
1: So filling it up, yeah, he he was. Uh, I read that he was. You know, he came to the team, and that was his first season here. Was the first time the Wolves had more than fifty wins in a season. So wow. once again, imagine that Wolves fans, fifty wins. <laughs> so he he was here, right? As you know, because you know we were on the upward trajectory with KG yeah. at that time. We had some guys you know, like Googs, you know, who are there, but yeah, uh, he really came in during that kind of that peak era for the Wolves franchise.
0: That's right kind of led them right up into the you know a couple best teams they had there you Mm -hmm. know so yeah they're like joe smith and uh, malik seeley and uh, I like think Roscio Nesterovich is on some of those teams. And we talked about last week, like, you know, Peeler, I think, you know, yep. some of those guys, some of that shooting guard
1: crew. And even when he left, he kind of contributed to the best team ever, that 0304 team, because we traded him away in summer of 2003 to acquire Latrell Sprewell. That's right. Latrell Brandon went to Atlanta. Glenn Robinson, another guy whose son played for the Timberwolves. Uh-huh. Glenn Robinson went to Philly. Keith Van Horn went to the New York Knicks. And Sprewell came to Minnesota. I
0: think, I think the Wolves got the best out of that deal right there. Yeah, the Best right? player, and then yeah, eventually going to the West Finals with those guys. But yeah, that was really the end of of, of TB's career. He had a knee injury um, that forced him to miss the final um, thirty five games in the two thousand in the oh one two thousand two season, and then he missed the entirety of the next season. This is shocking to me. Just like, just like, I don't know exactly how it all went, but if that happened today, it would just be it would just be crazy news. Just like you didn't you got injured one season, and then you didn't get it figured out in like you had all summer to figure it out. Then and you missed. The entire
1: next one K- KD missed fewer games And he tore his Achilles Yeah you know? This was a micro
0: <laughs> fracture On the knee So a really intense injury But still a lot come, time to in,
1: Injuries have come a long way Man ACL used to An ACL tear Used yeah. to be a career ender
0: Yeah Alright And then for post-NBA stuff Terrell Brandon's getting it going He uh, owns a barbershop To this day Called Terrell Brandon Barbershop You know He's a good NBA player But not good at naming businesses I guess um, uh, well,
1: it's, it's been in business For over Like I read an interview yeah. In 2014 Where he said He'd been doing it For 22 years At yeah. that point and that means he he was running it while he was in the NBA. Totally. Fun quote. Someone asked, uh, is running a barbershop something you took up after retirement or something you've always been interested in? Here's what his response was. It's something that I always wanted to do a childhood friend, when we were in grade school, he used to cut my hair. So he had a grade schooler cutting his hair in grade school.
0: Sometimes you gotta do it.
1: And I guess I made just kind of a kid joke that one day when I get a barbershop, I'm gonna hire you. It was just kind of a kid joke. And when we got older, I continued to say it, and then one day back in the early 90s, it happened, and he was the first person that I hired. Nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think by all accounts, Terrell brought, bought this business like right after one of his first NBA contracts in the 90, early 90s, and bought this build and had a number of different businesses run out of there and stuff. Now it's, I think, just the barbershop, but um, found a few articles that kind of talks about he's still involved in the community with uh, basketball clinics, free clinics, and um, community basketball programs in the Portland area. So, you know, born and raised in Portland, and he's still there now, you know, as a member of the community with a barbershop and helping out kids play basketball and stuff. So Yeah,
1: that's just an Oregon guy. Went to high high school, Oregon player of the year, went to college there, has his barbershop there. It's a shame he never played for the Trailblazers, but... Um, He is a good guy. He won the NBA's 1997 Sportsman of the Year Award for all the work he did for children off the court. Nice. And I think you have a fun note here about LeBron James. Oh, yeah. While with the Cavs, Terrell held a kids' camp that hosted a certain middle schooler from Akron, Ohio, LeBron James. (laughs) Quote, I believe it was the eighth grade, no doubt about it. He was already taller than me and bigger than me already, and I was in the NBA, said Brandon. LeBron James experience. So just, you know, someone who is, you know, integral to the Oregon Hoops scene, somebody who is a big part of the Cleveland Cavaliers history, and a member, a starting member of some of the greatest Timberwolves teams of all time. So salute to you, Terrell Brandon. I did not know very much about you before today, but now I'll never forget.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's get to Weekly Wolfies. Your
1: weekly
0: Wolfies. Giving out awards, they are right here. They're very heavy. They're very substantial. We have a winners for these awards, and uh, that's how we do Wolfies. Uh, Scott, you want to you want to kick us off here today? Why not? It's yeah. been
1: a, it's been a little too long since we've done our. We used to have a Canis <laughs> Wolfie of the week. We should bring that back. We used yeah, to give one Wolfie best post to the best. Canis. Yeah. So because we haven't brought that back yet this season, I'm going to give my Wolfie to a great post on Canis Soup. It's what a website. Ooh. ooh. Just check it out every day. Something, just something content, great.
0: This after content, so good.
1: So many great writers too. Man, this just feels like a murderer's row this year. <laughs> but uh, great recent article: ten observations on the first ten games of the Timberwolves season by Jack Borman. Had a lot of fun reading that with uh, some great j- video clips and stuff in it.
0: It was Love just a breeze video. to
1: read. Yeah, he really used the video well. So we'll link it in the show notes. Why don't you check it out? Because it is a great website. So shout out to Jack Borman. I'm not sure if you've won one before, but now you have a Wolfie. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. He's in. He's in there. All right. Yeah, go check out Canis. Lots of good stuff. All right. My Wolfie goes to a website called Her Hoops Stats. You guys, Her Hoop Stats. It is um, kind of like it sounds. It is a uh, website where you can get great stats about uh, the WNBA and about uh, women's college basketball. And uh, this site has been around for a while. Great people over there running this thing. But they have expanded in a very wonderful way this year, and that is Salary Cap Sheets. Yes, yes. We've wanted it for a long time. We've had help from a couple other publications, um, you know, uh, over the years, you know, but uh, the the contract details of the WNBA have been very hard to come by over the years, which really, in my opinion, holds back the league. You know, so much of what we like um, and, and sports fans like these days are the transactions, the, you know, the off season, the trading deadlines, all this stuff. And it was just really hard to suss out. How any of this stuff could work for the WNBA because nobody knew the actual numbers and the cap and all this stuff is yeah, tough.
1: I told you what uh, Terrell Brandon's career earnings right. were adjusted for inflation. <laughs> I did not do that math. That yeah. was just on one of the websites because there is a host of websites dedicated to the contract pictures. You know
0: that's right. And um, yes, yeah, so her Hoop Stats has it all in one place for the WNBA now. Just beautiful cap sheets. You know you're going to know who's restricted, unrestricted, what every team you know has, what they're working with, and everything. And just a nice drop-down menu you could pick any. Of the twelve teams and see what everyone's getting paid and, and where things are for for every team. So that's wonderful because uh, as we speak now, WNBA's uh, free agency period starts tomorrow. Starts uh, today. Whenever you're listening to this on the fifteenth here of January. So um, and the links have a lot of a lot of cap space. They're probably going to sign a big star actually coming through that door. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, it's just good. It's just good for the WNBA and for women's sports in general. You just need to have that same information and. Um, Again, that's what people love so much. They love to play, you know, armchair GM, and you know, now we can do that for the Lynx too, right? We can look at what everyone's getting paid and have ideas about who they should go after and when their contracts up and all this stuff. So definitely go check out her hoop stats. We'll link that in the show notes, and you can dig into uh, what you think the Lynx will be doing here in the in the off season. It's
1: exciting. The Lynx—they <laughs> were so good last season. With their best yeah. two players were a rookie and a sophomore. Everybody, come the future's on! Future's bright. What yep. a great team. Now they'll be adding to you, that. You should follow them, man all right well Neil it's that time of the show where we yeah. don't send you off without a little bit of fun so we're gonna play a game because that's what sports are games
0: let's play let's play let's get uh, let's learn some things here all know? right
1: Neil today's game is very simple very straightforward have two, uh our two highest-paid players are stars the Minnesota Timberwolves were drafted number one and number two came into the league at the exact same time same so draft I thought that I would ask you a couple questions Neil and the answer is going to be either Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell okay? easy easy enough those are your two choices I guess you could say tie though so there's three choices oh tie okay. is also tie a tie is a possibility it is a possibility so And also, I'll say, these are about stats that I looked up. When I was looking this up, I found that Cat has twice led the league in fouls. <laughs> personal fouls. <laughs> Total fouls. Both of his All-Star seasons, uh, he led the league in personal fouls. That also means he probably played every game, so that's nowadays terrible. that's nice. <laughs> his first three seasons he played every game, yeah. so yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's a fun fact for everybody. All right, now, who has played in more games in their NBA career? Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell.
0: Wow, I mean, my my gut feeling is it has to be Towns, but man, the last two years have not been not been nice. Uh, but Russell, I, I can't even think of like a, a injury he's really had. Uh, I, you know, I'll still stick with Towns, though. I'll, I'll stick with Towns.
1: Yes, that's correct. Towns has played three hundred and sixty-two games. D'Angelo Russell has played three hundred and
0: twenty-eight. Huh. Sort of close,
1: close-ish. Yeah. Yeah, Cat yeah, was an Iron Man those first three league. Yeah. those first three seasons played eighty two all three of his first three seasons. So that'll do it for you. All right, Neil, who has made more threes in their NBA career? Oh, this is very good, huh?
0: You know, Towns. I think it took him a while to ramp up into the you know seven, eight, nine threes per game average that you're seeing nowadays. And maybe Russell kind of came out shooting, shooting that kind of stuff. Did you say average? What would you say? No, just total. Total
1: threes. In the but NBA as we for-
0: know, Towns has played 40 more games than Russell. Oh, man. But I feel like Russell had the green light a little bit more. I'll, I'll go Russell on this one. Give me Russell.
1: Right. Good decision, Neil. Russell, this is the biggest difference of all of the answers. Wow. Russell has made 778 threes. Cat has made 513. So about Okay, I was even thinking attempted. Yeah, no, made. 250 different made threes difference. So that's quite a bit more. Wow. wow. Than Russell. All right, Neil, the next question. Who has had more triple doubles in their NBA career?
0: Ooh, interesting. Triple doubles. <sighs> that, I can't even recall Towns having any, um, but maybe he's had one. Whereas D'Angelo's probably, I can't imagine. I, I feel like this is the trick question and they're both zero. Um, yeah, I'll say tie, both zero. Neither of them have one.
1: Yes. You're tied. You're right that they're tied. Oh, okay. They each have one. Oh, okay. They each nice. have one. So you were I can't imagine Russell grabbing ten boards is the other thing. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they each have one. Kat has been flirting with it, though, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another one. Wow, is. each have one. Okay. Yep. Okay. What did it so, Okay, so yeah. It was, it was boards. I, could, I guess convinced you. I don't yeah, know. No, no, I don't know. I, I think likely. it was boards. I yeah. guess I didn't look it up, yeah. but I'd assume it's boards. You know, uh, okay. it happens. All right, Neil, uh, next up, who has had more turnovers in their NBA career? Oh, this is good, too. Man, these are all, they're,
0: they're, this, all of these could go either way. This has been tough, but so far I got them all right. Um, more turnovers. Um, Russell has the ball in his hands more often, better passer, but then he also, you know, might be whipping some of those out of bounds. Towns, offensive fouls count as turnovers. So all those charging, all those moving screens, I believe those are turnovers on Towns. This is tough. I'll stick with my gut and say Russell, though. I bet
1: he's had some bad passes. Us, Separated going. by 43 in difference. Wow, D-Lo, not a lot. D-Lo has 957 turnovers. Cat has 914 turnovers. All right, all right. This next one is... I didn't know this was a stat that Basketball Reference tracked, and I'm so <laughs> excited because this is something I think about. Heaves.
0: Oh, yes. Heaves. End of quarter shots, like, from half court.
1: Yeah. Neither, has, neither of them have made one. In their careers okay who has had has taken more heaves
0: more attempts this is really good too because a lot now the trend these days is like to hold it a second late and yeah so you, 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 you don't do shoot it but it doesn't count percentage yeah yeah so like who is the culprit of like doing that a little bit more wait so who has more heaves yes who has more heaves ah, man i can't picture either of them really shooting towns never has the ball in his hands in those situations it's usually a guard so i'll go russell on this one i feel like he just has the ball in his hands more often
1: Russell has taken 13 heaves in his career. Cat has only taken six. It's so few it's still, been It's wild how it's few that is. It's been more than two seasons since Cat had a heave. <laughs> Russell, I think, had two heaves last season. One for Golden State, one for Minnesota. So... <laughs> They're both—they're both trying to get away from it for sure. You yeah. know, it's something when you're a rookie, you're like, "I get an extra shot here, yay!" Yeah, you're really? Like we've seen Anthony Edwards <laughs> heave it all over yeah, the he place. He tries, he tries. But now these guys are cognizant of their efficiency numbers. I love you when guys know. try it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love now that there's a stat that I can track.
0: I like the term heaves,
1: heaves. too. So That's a it's a really appropriate name for it. It describes it perfectly. They didn't even have a definition, but I'm like, I know what that means. Yeah. All right, final question, y'all. Who has had more games? of 40 plus points who has scored 40 plus points in a game more times Ooh,
0: wow another one could go either way hmm both are very adept offensive players very good at scoring the basketball hmm Towns I don't, I'm trying to predict how many Towns has I mean he probably has six or seven 40 point games I would predict uh, I think, I'm i gonna go Russell I'll go Russell on this one too can, can I get the clean sweep
1: That's good. I'll sleep better knowing it wasn't too easy. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, games where they scored at least 40 points. Cat has eight. So okay. you were very close to uh, your guess. Uh. Cat has eight. Dilo only has five. Uh, tough.
0: Tough one there. What about 50-point games?
1: Uh, I think they both have one. Okay. So I think yeah. they're, they're tied there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah, that man, it is amazing. It is incredible how close like a lot of those stats are for them. You yeah. You know, despite being like totally different players, right? But the, what you said early on was very important. Is like they kind of have the same starting point. Yeah, exactly. Like they've had so. the amount of seasons and stuff like that. It's easier
1: and, to compare them in terms of totals because you know they've been in the league for the same amount of time. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Nice, great game. That was I a also good am one.
1: pretty sure from what we did earlier this season that they po- both played in an identical number of playoff games. They both played in five in their career. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> so they've all they both won one, and they both been a part of gentlemen sweeps basically. <laughs> Were, yeah,
0: so the Nets. Who do they play? They play the Bucks, or I forget who they even. Was, the Nets made the playoffs that one year. It would be the uh, eighteen nineteen. Yeah, the eighteen nineteen Nets, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they went to the playoffs the year that Russell was technically an All Star, and uh,
1: there I think they were like a seven or an eight seed. So yeah,
0: they yeah, probably, they, they probably they to of They get, snuck
1: in. They were a feel good story. Look at these scrappy Nets. They were the sixth seed that year in the playoffs. And they got gentlemen swept by the Philadelphia 76ers. Nice.
0: Yeah, so. I remember that now. Yes. Nice. All right. That does it for Wolves cast this week, everybody. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you making it to the game and the end of the show. You are a super fan. Appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Got another exciting week of Timberwolves basketball coming up. I hope we oh, get yeah. that revenge on the Grizz. We'll see how that goes. See if Ja plays. Uh, yep. We got the Grizz game. Yeah, check it out. Check An it MLK. out. MLK, MLK on Monday. Oh, I forgot MLK. Afternoon, is Monday. afternoon game. Oh, I think the Hawks. My I don't think
0: the Hawks are a COVID team right now. They had a game postponed the other day, but I think it was because they were playing the Suns, who oh, are a COVID team. So
1: I've been looking forward to that game. I hope so. it doesn't get canceled. Make it happen. Everyone, get yourself a nice chocolate ML cake, and you know, stay home and watch hoops all day. The NBA kills it on MLK Day. A full game, a full day's worth. One thirty p.m. tip off. Oh I can't from, wait. Uh, from Atlanta, so yeah, that'd be really fun. We'll be on Twitter. Yeah. Follow us at WolvesCast. We'll be commenting on all the fun games that day. It's gonna be uh, great. You can follow us on Instagram at pod Subscribe to the podcast, please. It'll come into your inbox or your podcast downloads automatically. Up just wake up and there'll be a new podcast. Or before you go to bed, in my case, oh, ho, ho. I got to see what that episode title is before I go to bed tonight. Oh, so. Yeah. That'll be good. Also, you know, WandaVision's dropping. Do I stay up till 3 a.m. to watch it? I don't know. <laughs> Three? That's, that's not good. That's what time the new episode drops. That's so. weird. Hey, yeah. Pacific time. Huh. Yeah, it's not that it's staying up. I have, a, I have a new puppy, everybody. Super Ooh, exciting. Piper. New puppy on the show. So I'm waking up at that time anyways to take her outside. So I yeah. could just squeeze it. We'll see. There's two episodes dropping at once much. decision, But anyways, check out Kana Soup. Just check out those articles and those podcasts we recommended. And give us a comment on this post on and Soup. Is my question for you. Does Jared Culver look like Bart Simpson? Is that just me? Good question. Good question. question. Tell me what you think. Jared Culver, Bart Simpson, resemblance?
0: Let me know. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.
1: It's impossible to listen to all the podcasts I want to listen to.